All right, so our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Our leader for tonight is Scott. Thank you. My name is Scott, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hey, Scott. Last night I was leaving a meeting. I've been going to near my home, and I had a text message from the speaker getter. And they asked if I can speak because the speaker who was scheduled was ill. And the first thing that crossed my mind was it's going to take me an hour and 15 minutes to get across the bridge from where I work. And then the second thought was the new Baybridge toll was $7. But then I got over myself and I thought about all the people I'd see tonight and, and just the familiar surroundings. Except I don't recognize this floor. <laughs> Thankfully, the, the acoustics aren't bad. Like the Thursday night meeting on 19th and Jew, that they lost their carpet and the acoustics went with it. So thankfully, this is not that part two. So just a, a couple of numbers up front. Um, I've been in the fellowship for almost 18 years. I came in at age 28. I'm now 46. Um, I have lost between 120 and 130 pounds, and my pants waist size has decreased from 44 to 34. And I think it's important to put out some of the physical numbers up front, because at the end of the day, it is Overeaters Anonymous. And I still think this is about the food. I didn't come here because of a spiritual malady or a God-sized hole in my heart or a God-sized hole than any, any other part of my body. I came here because I ate a lot and I was morbidly obese. Actually, I came because I had a crush on a woman who invited me to OA, but I kept coming back because I was overeating you know, junk food and I was morbidly obese. So for anyone who's new, OA is a three-pronged program, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Uh, for anyone who's not new, I'm sorry, but OA is still a three-pronged program, <laughs> physical, emotional, and spiritual. As I like to say, the physical is about the food, the emotional is about the mood, and the spiritual is about the tood as an attitude. The physical is about my weight, the emotional is about my hate, and the spiritual is about my fate. The physical is about what I eat and drink, the emotional is about how I feel and think, and the spiritual is about how I act and behave. The physical is about math and science, the emotional is about psychology, the spiritual is about spirituality. The physical demands perfection, the emotional demands truth, and the spiritual demands progress. The physical is mostly dealt with in step one. The emotional is mostly dealt with in steps two through nine. And the spiritual is mostly dealt with in steps 10, 11, and 12. The physical is about no power. The emotional is about lower power. And the spiritual is about higher power. The physical is about me. The emotional is about you, as in how I think you see me. And the spiritual is about God. The physical is about what I was like, the emotional is what happened, and the spiritual is about what I am like now. So what I was like, I, what I was like was a big mess. I was four years old when I misused food for the first time. 
I was four years old when I misused food for the second time. I was four years old when my dad became my first binge buddy. I was four years old when I learned the hard way that my dad has an issue with rage. I was four years old when I first stole money from my mom's purse to buy chocolate bars. And I was four years old when I first lied to my mom about stealing from her purse to buy chocolate bars. I was eight years old when my dad asked me to go to church. I was eight years old when I developed this unhealthy fear of church, religion, God, Jesus. And I was four years old when I developed this unhealthy prayer ritual. I was 11 years old when I met binge buddy number two. And for, for whatever reason, binge buddy number two loved beating the hell out of me, physically, mentally, verbally, and even sometimes financially. I was 13 years old when I got my first job. I delivered newspapers seven days a week for the San Francisco Examiner, and I got paid $30 a month, three zero. And yes, that's about a dollar a day. And yes, again, back then it was legal, meaning that it was not illegal. So between four and 13, I developed a lot of unhealthy habits. This reliance on man-made junk food, um, this reliance on you know man-made junk beverages. You know when I had that when I got that first job, you know beyond my allowance, I had this extra extra money beyond my allowance to go to grocery stores that my parents either never went to or rarely went to. I can go to fast food joints more often. I could go to the corner mom and pop liquor store and buy this tall, thin glass bottle of, of Pepsi Cola whenever I wanted, seemingly. So. You know this, this, and and I also developed this reliance on this. You know, being dishonest it, that was the easier, softer way. It, it was so convenient just to lie. Um, so between the ages of four and thirteen, I had this rocky foundation. You know, set for me. You know, the, for what I now like to call my bizarro world, twelve steps. Right, steps negative one through negative twelve. Well, step negative one. I'm not powerless over food. I just like to eat. Step negative two, came to believe that the power greater than myself hated my guts. Step negative three, came to believe that the power greater than myself. Hold on one minute. I'm thinking about this thing from earlier. Hmm. Step negative three, made a decision to turn my will, my life over, over to the care of God, because if I didn't, he would punish my family and me. Step negative four and negative five, I don't have any secrets. And even if I did, I'm not telling you a single thing. Mind your own business. Steps negative six and negative seven, the solution to all the world's problems is revenge. And if I were you, I would grow a set of eyes behind your head because when you're not looking, I'm going to show you why you shouldn't have messed with me. Steps negative eight and negative nine. I don't owe you an apology. You all owe me an apology. You're the reason why I'm screwed up in the head right now. And then steps negative 10, negative 11, and negative 12. This guy doesn't need maintenance. He did it right the first time. And you ought to listen to him. So you probably hear a lot of pain in that kind of living, and I indeed was in a great amount of pain.
You know, I practiced the negative 12 steps in seemingly all of my affairs, and it really did me no good. It just sent me down this life of darkness. So that's a little bit of what I was like. What happened was is I found OA. In the early part of 2001, I found myself yet again in group therapy. And while in group therapy, I developed a crush on a woman who was there for the same reasons as me. Uh, you know, not too far into that, she and I became friends, and one day she randomly invited me to an OA meeting. And I said yes. But I didn't say yes because I was eating out of my garbage can almost nightly. I didn't say yes because I was 315 pounds. I said yes because I wanted to hang out with her. You know, I, I believe that there's not a more lonely kind of person than the morbidly obese heterosexual male. That's just my opinion. And it's a big reason why these days I only will sponsor heterosexual males. Um, so that's kind of what happened. And, and actually, I want to say one other thing about what happened. When I came in, I used the hell out of the eight tools of recovery. Back then, there were only eight. A few years later, they brought in number nine. But at the time, there were only eight. Um, as a newcomer, I didn't know anything but the tools of recovery. I mean, the first thing I ever did in OA was I came to a meeting, right? Meeting was a tool of recovery. Uh, the second thing I did was I used the telephone because I had a question about a meeting two days later. The telephone, a tool of recovery. Um, within about a week or two of my first meeting, I got my first sponsor, sponsorship, tool of recovery. That first sponsor soon gave me my first plan of eating, plan of eating, tool of recovery. He then had me buy a big book and read the doctor's opinion. Literature, another tool of recovery. He then asked me to write out my thoughts and feelings on that chapter. More about alcohol, I mean, uh, the doctor's opinion. Writing, another tool of recovery. He then suggested that I get to meetings early to help set up and leave late to help close down. Service, another tool of recovery. Um, it didn't work between us long term because of his busy schedule, but he kind of transferred me off to another guy who was keeping off 100 pounds, who was abstinent a year or two at the time. And that sponsor number two soon taught me my first lesson in anonymity after I broke his anonymity. But anonymity, another tool of recovery. So here I am, you know, a newcomer, you know, a couple months in at that point, and on a regular basis, I'm practicing the eight tools of recovery. Again, there were only eight back then. So that's what happened. Um, what I am like now is a lot different than what I used to be like. Uh, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, I've lost between 120 and 130 pounds. But, you know, it was in, while in the fellowship where I, you know, moved out of my parents' home for the first time. And um, it was while in the fellowship where I got my first two driver's licenses. It was while in the fellowship where I went on my first date, kissed my first woman, made love to my first woman, was in a romantic relationship with my first woman, went through my first breakup, got engaged to my first woman, got unengaged to my first woman, and then there's something that happened 10 months ago, 11 months ago. I had this epiphany, and for the first time in my life, I wanted to have kids. I can't tell you how off the radar that was for so long. 
And it's funny, about a month later, I met what I think is the final iteration of Mrs. Wright. And we talk about the kids thing all the time. In fact, lately it's been coming up a lot. And lately the ring stuff have been, has been coming up a lot. And lately the buying a home thing together has been coming up a lot. And I'm not afraid one bit. It just seems normal. You know, what I am like today is I feel like I'm just a normal guy. I do my 9 to 5 job, which is really a 9 to 6 job. I pay my taxes. I complain about politics. And then I go to bed, wake up, and do it again. And, you know, I have these discussions with my better half. And I just feel normal for the first time in my life. You know, when I was younger, I never felt normal. I felt quite out of place. And, you know, the, the food never made me feel normal, but it did make me feel less out of place. And I think that as addicts, that's kind of something a lot, a lot of us strive for. It's definitely something I strive for. I just, you know, at the end of the day, I could talk about all this stuff. I've talked about meetings for the last almost 18 years, but really at the end of the day, all I wanted was to feel normal just once in my life. And I'm finally there. Um... You know, I'm, uh, for those of you who don't know, I've just moved to the East Bay about three months and a week ago. Whatever, you know, October 13th, 2018, I moved to the East Bay. I spent 44 plus years in San Francisco. And, and, and no offense, but I don't miss it. I mean, I miss my family, I miss my friends, but I don't miss the city anymore. I mean, this is the stuff written 10 steps were made for, I believe, what, what's turned in here. I'm not going to get to outside issues. But the other thing I miss a lot, though, is the fellowship here. And I've had a really hard time you know, adapting to East Bay OA. Now, going in, I was aware, I mean, I didn't really know, but I was told by several people that the fellowship in the East Bay is really strong. But the problem is when you're only going to about two meetings a week in a good week, it's hard to really know that. So a couple of weeks ago, I'm in the city because I have a dental appointment on a Saturday afternoon. And after the meeting, I'm talking to a fellow and she says to me, yeah, I'm in the middle of a 30 and 30. And then it hit me. That is the solution to my problems. That is the step two to my step one. That is my higher power to my lower power. That is my God to my Scott. What I am looking for is that solution right, right there. And today is meeting number, OA meeting number 15 in 15 days. A few years back, I did a 365 and 365. Um, I'm about 49 months into this drug withdrawal. And thank goodness I can wear this coat and I can feel cold now. For a long time, I was hot all the time. It's a, it's a common withdrawal symptom with this family of medications. But um, it wasn't the food, but it was because of this need to isolate. That's why I did that 365 and 365. So, okay, I decided to do a 30 and 30. I'm doing my best to have all 30 meetings be OA meetings. So far, so good. And I'm doing my best, number two, to have them all like one, 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 one. Because previously, I would maybe skip a day and double up on other days. And so far, so good on that too. And it's exactly what the higher power ordered. I've met a lot of wonderful, wonderful people in East Bay OA, a lot of welcoming people. 
Um, and yeah, um, believe the hype. The fellowship there is strong. I'm really impressed. In fact, I took a phone call from a fellow while I was on the bridge, in fact, the Bay Bridge. And he was asking me about how the East Bay meetings are. And I said, I'm really impressed. I mean, so far, I know it's only, you know, 15 days in, plus the other meetings I went to before that. But they're talking about the traditions and they're doing group inventories in the middle of the meeting for five minutes at a time. And they have a lot of speaker meetings, which I really like, too. So, so far, so good. I still miss it here. And... um You know, I've, I've had a really interesting last 13 months. I mean, all of 2018 is really interesting. And so far, one month into 2019 has been really interesting. In fact, these last 13 months, I've been thinking a lot about steps one and step, and step seven. Um, you know, the, the way I see it is that step one is about powerlessness and step seven is about powerfulness. And what I mean by that is step one is about powerlessness. And the end goal for me, at least, is to get power, not get a higher power. That's completely different. Get power. You know, I take these next right actions like doing this 30 and 30 and then my life gets better. I start to feel better about myself and my move. I start to have some confidence in the East Bay. And, you know, I start to feel like, okay, I, I fit in there, meetings and, and beyond meetings. Um, that's what I mean by get power. Uh, with step seven, it, it's, you know, the way I see it, 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 the end goal is to let go of power. You know, I have the superiority complex, including in the room sometimes. And, you know, I would go to these meetings either here or, or in my home now in the East Bay and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I, I thought, you should take on my plan of eating. You should take on my concept of God. You should take on my definition of abstinence. You should take on my, my written 10-step format, which isn't even mine in the first place. Sponsor 10 of 11 gave it to me, and he probably got it from someone else before that. But that's a big part of the nuttiness up here, and historically the, the unhappiness and the, and the darkness. So... Step seven kind of challenges me to kind of step back and, and remember, I'm not God, right? That's what step seven is ultimately about. I'm not God. I also have another nickname for step seven. Um, oh, what is it? And, and forgive me if you don't get this movie reference, but it's the uh, take, it lightly, uh, uh, take it lightly Francis step, if you know what reference that is. Um, you know, it, it's so funny. I was at a meeting on Saturday morning. I was asked to speak at the meeting on Saturday morning. And uh, it was a traditions meeting. Well, that week was about traditions. So I had, to, I had to share about tradition one. Never did a share about any of the traditions before. And I noticed a lot of similarities between step seven and tradition one. I mean, tradition one is not about humility. It's about unity. But there are a lot of similarities. I mean, tradition one kind of challenges me to step back and let other people have their say in things, let other people have their own, you know, plans of eating. And to, to really respect the, each meeting's traditions. You know, if the timer goes up at, at 25 minutes, I sh should not go on to like 33 minutes, right? During the three-minute share when my time is up, I probably need to stop or wrap up, you know, that kind of thing. And... uh 
Yeah, and just just I guess the confusion too. Often, oftentimes people confuse you know humility with humiliation. And in tradition one, oftentimes people you know confuse unity with with uh, uniformity. So there's a lot of similarities there. Um, I'm really happy with where I am in life right now. You know, I've done a lot of hard work in the rooms. I, I've done the twelve steps, and it's like, well, you know. What do you do after the 12 steps? What do you do? do you, you, don't, you know, I didn't walk a stage and get a diploma. I didn't get a trophy. I didn't get a cookie. You know, I don't, didn't go home. Um, you know, what you do after the 12 steps is kind of like what you do after the 12 grades. You have an opportunity to go to the 13th grade or, or college and become, you know, begin the process of becoming a productive member of society. And I think after the, the, the 12 steps, you can go to the, to the 13th step. Not that kind of 13th step, but the 13th step, also known as Tradition 1, and then the rest of the tradition, so I can become a productive member of the OA society. And that is what I'm, what I'm talking about here, is the tradition, the, the steps are about me, and the traditions are about we, right? Just flip around that M at the meeting and service levels. And... Um, you know, again, the reason why I'm really into this now is because there is a lot of tradition talk in the East Bay. And I have had Steps 1 and Step 7 on my mind a lot lately. Um, I'm going to wrap up with this last bit of, of, of Step 7. Uh, two days ago, what I'm hoping is the final iteration of Mrs. Wright and I got into a big fight. We haven't gotten into too many big fights, not, not too many fights, period. But I called her out on something in a healthy way, and she didn't like it. And we didn't talk for about 12 hours. And then the next day, she reached out to me, and we planned a time for her to come over, and we did a long walk. Um, but when she came over, she had with her three gifts for me. She made a bunch of food, abstinent food. She had a bunch of groceries just for me. And she had this, like, this, this mat where, like, if you have if you have cats like I do who like whose litter is all over the place, this mat will ha- hopefully catch some of it when they're leaving the litter box area. And I'm th- I'm feeling like a big piece of crap because of the fight because of the fight you know the night before. And she brings me gifts and you know I have catastrophized around her in the ten plus months we've dated, and I haven't people pleased either in the ten plus months we've dated. But there was a little piece of me on Sunday night that I was afraid that this may be over. And then here she is with these three lovely gifts and you know, we verbally kissed and made up and wonderful. But I had to practice humility around that situation because I thought I handled it okay. But according to her, I didn't. And I was willing to listen to that. I was willing to have an open mind and to listen to her, to her critique of how I presented that to her. And I didn't say, but you, I didn't do any of that. I just shut the hell up and listened. And I said, oh, okay, well, that's something I really need to monitor and look at. And I'm going to commit to you and to us to, to work on that very thing you just talked about. And I wasn't being sarcastic. I wasn't being a smart aleck. I was, I don't know if this is normal. I was going to say I'm just being normal, but I don't know if that's normal. But... 
I was just being someone who really appreciates humility these days. I mean, I just look around me in the world and I just feel like there's very little humility now. And, you know, in the workplace, at home, in my relationship, with my friendships, hopefully in the rooms too, you know, it is kind of the thing that I try to practice the most. I have this huge respect for, for step seven. You know, early on, I was clueless about what step seven was about, and now it's just so clear. Um, and one last thing, I, I, I just have this deep appreciation for the gift of clarity. You know, for a long time, I ate these man-made junk foods and man-made, drank these man-made junk beverages, and there was a lot of fog up here in my head. It was hard to think. It was hard to do the rational thing. I couldn't do the three Ps, pause, pray, proceed. You know, I can react. I could do the, ne the wrong, next wrong action. I could do the, the, the will of my lower power. That, that's just recipe for more darkness. So anyway, I really hope that was helpful. I miss you all deeply. Um, I'm sorry that the person who was scheduled tonight is sick, but I'm kind of glad it worked out. Not, I'm not, not trying to be selfish or anything, but I've, I've been looking for an excuse to come to this meeting. So this was a good one. Thank you.